Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin. I have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about The Lobster. Have you ever been on your own before? No, never. Your last relationship lasted how many years? Around 12. Sexual preference? Women. Is there a bisexual option available? No, sir. This option is no longer available. Hmm. And the dog? My brother, he was here a couple of years ago, but he didn't make it. Did you read the leaflet? Yes, I did. As you understand from your brother's experience, if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here, you'll turn into an animal. Have you ever danced with anybody? Yes. As an animal, you'll have a second chance to find a companion. What sort of dancing did you do? Just depends on the music. Mind if I join you? It's no coincidence that the targets are shaped like single people and not couples. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and joining me is my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, listeners, welcome back, and uh, thank you for joining us for the penultimate episode of season four. Oh, Cody, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, Jack, to be here. Uh, we are right, uh, you know, running down at the end of the, the season here, so uh, got to bring a good one, I think, to close it off. But uh, yeah, I'm pumped. Very excited to be here. Very excited to talk about the lobster, and very excited to talk about it with a very special guest who's here. Good friend of mine, new friend of mine, my coworker, Johnny Wasden. Johnny, welcome to the podcast. And uh, are you excited to talk about the lobster today, man? Wow, I am. Uh, I'm a little overwhelmed, actually. Penultimate episode of season four. I wasn't told this. I I didn't know this. That's that. That sounds big. I don't even know what penultimate means. If I'm being second to last. Honest. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So no screw ups here. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm ready to go. Lobster. I could talk about forever. Yeah. If this episode is bad, it'll just be okay. Cause then maybe the season finale will just, you know, go out on a high note. So, so it's okay. You know, if it's good, then it's good. But if it's bad, then we're just lowering expectations for the finale. Um, but we're really happy to have you here. Yeah. It's excited to talk about it for sure. Um, I always just want to, you know, say, you know, as we're finishing up the season, if you want to be a guest like Johnny, Johnny hit me up, said he wanted to come on the pod. Uh, if you want to be a guest, let us know. Let Cody or I know um, we're doing a lot of new stuff. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Cap Podcast, K-H-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, you can check out us, our video versions on YouTube. Cody and Corbin have a podcast um, and check out Cap World Wide Web to read a uh, Cody's written thoughts, read his blog. A lot of big stuff happening and uh, you definitely want to be around to hear it. Um, you can also check out some of the stuff that Johnny's doing uh, over at New Mountain Media. Johnny, you want to tell us a little bit about that? I know a couple months back, you guys had a little bit of a TV show. First episode I, I was watching earlier and you got hit by a car, uh, which was very shocking to me. Uh, but, <laughs> but it seems like you're doing a lot of fun stuff. I, I, uh, tell the people about it. Yeah, New Mountain. Uh, that's that's me and my buddies from high school, and I I got very lucky to grow up with kind of like the Avengers of media nerds, like <laughs> all around me. So you know, we banded together, we formed New Mountain, and uh, making it work was the show we made. So that was six episodes all on YouTube. You can find like full it. length. I, I gotta say like full length TV, like 20 minutes. You guys, this was some high quality stuff. I saw a drone shot in there. Uh, it, it was nice. 
Yeah, no, it, it was it was a lot. Um, cause we started that we started writing consistently during the pandemic. So we, you just had time, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, that's definitely awesome. You can go, uh, go follow them on Instagram at new mountain media, check out their YouTube page, new mountain media. Let's get into the lobster. Johnny, it was your pick. I know you had a couple different choices you were thinking about, but why did you end up going with the lobster is a movie you wanted to talk about? Why? 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 Uh, just because that's a movie that, was recommended to me very highly by a movie guy, you know, someone whose opinion I trusted and he liked it a lot. Said the director was like a genius and I watched it and I, I just, I really did not like it. See, th this is great. Cause Cody and I are fans <laughs> of this movie. Um, I think we're, we air more on the side of your friend where we appreciate this one, but I think we both maybe kind of see some of the flaws or understand why people might not like it. And a lot of the times on this show, we do all just, you know, we have a guest or it's just the two of us and we just rave about how much we like something. We've got Johnny here today to kind of be a dissenting voice to, to bring in some negativity, which is, was always fun sometimes. So um, definitely excited to talk about it. I think it's also a great pick because first of all, this is the week of Valentine's Day. Just earlier uh, this week, I saw it on Valentine's Day and this is the perfect romance movie for the season. Uh, I would say. And, and it's also perfect, of course, because we're less than a month away from the Oscars. Colin Farrell nominated for Best Actor um, has a pretty good shot at winning. You know, I think odds wise is is, is one or two right now. You know, it's, it's definitely a, a three horse race between uh, him, Brendan Fraser and uh, Austin Butler, which I know Cody loves. But uh, I, I think this is going to be a fun one to talk about. And uh, let's let's get into our initial thoughts. Cody. Uh Tell me about it. Uh, the lobster. What do you think, man? Yeah, I think this is a great pick and uh, kind of just tough to touch off what you were saying as well. Uh, I think conflict is great. Uh, the podcast, some of our best episodes, you know, Interstellar, Last Jedi are like stuff we disagree on. So definitely something uh, good to bring up. But uh, yeah, I as well watch this on Valentine's Day. Um, and I'll tell you what, it might be like the perfect movie to watch on Valentine's Day. It's the perfect <laughs> rom-com that kind of you don't see even coming, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, initial thoughts. This was the second time that I've seen this film. I think I watched it a couple years back. It's been a while. So a rewatch was definitely due. But yeah, I'm pretty high on this movie. I don't know if I'm as high as you are, Corbin. But I, it kind of just feels like it's really well directed as well. But it, it kind of feels like a PTA movie a little bit in the way it's shot. Just uh, it kind of always seems symmetrical a little bit, which I like. In the beginning, there is a little bit of voiceover, which I'm not a massive fan of. But like the setting that we are in, I think it's necessary <laughs> just because this is a wacko situation that we're just thrown into. I think it's interesting that that voiceover at least comes from Rachel Weiss's character who like you don't meet for a really long time. So it adds a little bit of this like storybook mystery element that I appreciate, but um, it is definitely a crutch. Um, narr narration always is to a certain yeah. degree. It definitely leans on it. I think maybe a little bit too much in the first act, but like I said, I think it is necessary just because of how weird the plot is. I mean, this premise is it's gotta be one of the weirder post-apocalyptic things that I've ever seen. Um, but it's like really dark as well. Like this is a dark comedy at, at its core, I would say. Yeah, I'll go into it more, but I, I am pretty positive on this movie. So we'll go from the high to the low. Johnny, <laughs> initial thoughts for us, man, the lobster. So wait, is it actually a comedy? I think I think if you look oh, yeah. it up on Google, 
it is described as like a black comedy specifically. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. You got you to have fun with it, you know? I don't feel like checking, but you know what? I'm going to believe that. And I guess if it's supposed to be funny, it's a little better, but like, it is not funny. I do not like what, what parts, what made you laugh in that movie? I don't oh, I've got, I've got lots. Yeah. We'll hit them all. <laughs> you gotta be twisted. You gotta have a twisted sense of humor. I, do you I not think it's funny, funny when he, when he kicks the little girl? That's the funny <laughs> part of the movie. I will say this, uh, <laughs> On its Wikipedia page, it is referred to as an absurdist black comedy drama film. On IMDb, oh, yeah. it's a drama rom- romance sci-fi. I think on just Google, it's just drama romance. It, it kind of plays in a lot of different genres, which is something that I like. Nobody knows how to describe it. It, it really is indescribable, um, um, but but I'd love to hear you try. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, I think it is directed well it's interesting how he has this weird vision and like kind of nails it like you do know what's going on fairly quickly it all comes through but i don't know there were just so many small turns that were just so random and i felt like either just derailed the plot completely or just like didn't matter and it's confusing as to what just happened and why but I think the ending is not my style either but that's just a personal choice but I guess we can get to that later on yeah I I think we'll definitely talk about the ending more later but I would say as whole the first half first act of this movie to me is the strongest part it does really get flowing right away and get into the action it makes you understand this world we're in the first time i ever saw this movie i i'm a type of person who sometimes will just see a poster on on netflix or showtime or like whatever it may be and click on it and be like i'm just gonna watch this i don't know anything about it like i've maybe heard the name and this was an instance of that and i was with my mom at the time and i turned on the lobster and she hated it she hated this movie it became a topic of conversation any other time we would talk about movies following the lobster it was oh corbin he showed me that lobster movie uh it was so terrible it was so awful it wasn't funny it was it was the worst thing i've ever seen so i get it like i understand it's weird at every turn it gets weirder it tries to throw you off the the scent and the tracks of where it's headed so i completely understand it the comedy at is easy to be misunderstood and misread as well. They play everything so straight and matter of fact. It's, you should like, just know all of this stuff. It's, it's real. It's very surreal and slightly futuristic and yet barbarically medieval in a way, but also at the same time, not that far off from some of the the laws that we see in this country or other countries, you know, that, that begin to happen every year we just did an episode on the office and we talked about the differences between like, you know, British comedy sensibilities and American comedy sensibilities. And while I don't think this is exactly the same thing, I think it at least lives adjacent or, or maybe like catty corner to that same type of non-American comedy. It's not exactly the same. There's definitely like an overlap in the way that it subverts what an American audience would would expect to see out of a story like this. You know, this is a Greek filmmaker. It has a lot of English, you know, actors in it. Colin Farrell's Irish. It was shot in Ireland. 
Um, but I don't think that's a detraction or a negative, but I think it's just kind of a reason why it maybe feels a little bit off to you, Johnny, or it feels, you know, somebody like my mom watches it and they're just like, this just doesn't feel right. This isn't funny to me. I don't see how this is humorous at all. I think you kind of, if you like, just kind of let it all, let all the weirdness go and just accept it. It is a lot more um, interesting at its core. There's a pretty cool commentary on relationships, you know, it's obviously a very dystopian society that they live in where everything's so black, binary and black and white and you have to have a partner and a family. You're only in this role in the society is to, to be in a relationship and to basically have a family unit. Um, and if you don't fit into that, you either have to die or become an animal. And if you, if you don't want to do one of those three things, your fourth option is to go be a loner and enter into that society, which has its own set of like weird tenets and rules and I don't know. There's just, there's a ton of cool layers and even, you know, on first watch, you can miss stuff. And I think, you know, it's what makes this movie so fun to come back to. I agree. And kind of just touch on some of that. Like, I feel like it's harder to identify this as a comedy. I mean, compared to other comedic films, obviously like uh, a film we've done in the past, like Grown Ups or any Adam Sandler film, like nobody laughs in this movie. So I feel like you have to kind of just like catch that weirdness yourself. Which, I mean, it is difficult, and like I said, I, I think a second watch would maybe be different, but uh, like this film, it is kind of a sci-fi film, too. You said that. Think about it more like, I don't know, it kind of does show like maybe the derailment of humans kind of going back to those dark ages, kind of like the class society as at its worst almost, which is a cool concept. Yeah, the, the pacing of this movie, I don't know if it's the best either. The first hour, I do think is the strong point. Once he ends up escaping uh, the the hotel or whatever, I think it does slow down a little bit. But obviously, that's when it kind of changes pace and and goes into more of a romantic film. So I don't know, like the back half of this movie, it does feel a lot longer than the first half, just because like you're trying to figure out everything that's going on with the animals. I think in the first half, you don't have John C. Riley in the second half, which sucks, or Olivia Coleman. So you kind of like flip the cast entirely as well, which is a little bit weird. But I, I think Colin Farrell's good enough to kind of hold this movie together. But there are like a ton of different subgenres just kind of all thrown into one here. And I think it is pretty well directed, which is impressive. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about. I will say I saw this in a theater on Tuesday, specifically the Metrograph in New oh, York cool. City, uh, which was just kind of a cool experience. You know, it is Valentine's Day. The people that are there like know what they're getting into seeing the <laughs> lobster. But there's like specific moments, whether it's the stuff that I find comedic, where it's like, hey, this gets a chuckle out of the audience. Like, I'm not the only one that's a weirdo and thinks this is funny. Or there's some more shocking scenes that we'll talk about in a little bit that kind of get like a, ooh, a gasp out of the audience as they happen. So that was definitely a fun experience. Let's hit roll credits. Roll credits. And talk about the lobster as a title and as an idea. What do you think of the title, Johnny? Are you a fan of, of the lobster? Yeah, I think... I think that's a, a pretty good title for it. You know, it definitely is interesting and it makes you want to watch it. Right off the bat, you can kind of tell where it's going, but not really until he gets into it. And then from there, I think it's a, a pretty cool symbol. For sure. I, I want to address something. And I apologize, Johnny, this is going to take a second. You you might not be familiar with this, but uh, eight months ago, Cody, we did a trivia podcast with the Rough Cut Retrospective. You remember this? I was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they asked us a question. Do you, do you know where I'm going with this, Cody? 
I have no idea. No. Okay, so in the A24 category, they asked us a question about the lobster. The trivia question was, why does he want to turn into a lobster? Uh, they asked, you know, why does he want to be a lobster? We said, as our answer, that he likes to swim and that he enjoyed the water slash the ocean. Okay, we will be a little lenient with this next question because it is from the lobster. And that question is, in the lobster, why does David want to turn into a lobster? Oh. I think there's like three answers we would take. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's because he likes to he likes to swim. That's what he says. That's one of the things. That's one. Or like, like the ocean. He likes the ocean or walk something like that. Yeah, we're gonna say that. He likes water. Whatever. Carter, is that like a reason? Like that's not the reason we're looking for, right? Yeah, like, we're looking down. That's not one of the three we have written down. <laughs> the quote of that he gives is because they live a hundred years, remain fertile throughout, and have blue blood like aristocrats. Nice. Those are all good reasons, to be fair. However, the very next line of dialogue he says is... I love to swim. I also like to see very much. I water ski and swim quite well since I was a teenager. So, listen, we didn't lose by one point, Cody. But I think we need to protest. Yeah, and I think maybe we need to get our stalker episode rescinded. And maybe... Ha- they, I think they owe us, so... Um, I'm calling him out here on this episode right now. That's a that's highway robbery, I would say, and um, I, I think a, an apology needs to be formally issued. <laughs> yeah, I, I expect the facts from our, our compadres <laughs> over at the Rough Cut retrospective. Um, on a related note, what animal would you guys choose? I mean, you're presented with this problem. W- would you go for a lobster, a, a pony, a elephant? Like, I don't. Know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think lobster is a bad choice just because you're probably going to get eaten. I mean, what's in the ocean? I, I don't know. Who the heck knows? But you're probably dead. I have thought about this just in my life in general. I feel like a great answer is like a bald eagle or like a falcon or something. Like you could literally just get to fly around all day. Uh, there's no predators, really. So I, I think that'd be a fun choice. I like it. Johnny, what do you think? I think I would go with a hippo because they are... They're just mean and aggressive and like, you know, nothing really messes with them. I don't think, right? Like maybe the small ones, but like what what's messing with that? Hippos are massive. Hippos kill more people than you think. I don't know I how many. They, they but kill more, more than you think. Than like sharks each year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I can't speak to the accuracy of that, but hippo's a great <laughs> choice. Um, I would probably go maybe like alligator i've always i'm always been a fan i'd love to just live down in the swamp chill out in florida eat some people um but it, I, I do like the thing about that i like about the lobster is they live 100 years like pick an animal that's gonna live you know you don't want to be like a a dog and live you know 15 more years you gotta, you gotta get some longevity so uh maybe like a tortoise or something and just be around for the next century i like that yeah as long as you're not the alligator from annihilation i i, I back both those but yeah Cody, what else you got for uh, roll credits? Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. The um, the opening sequence, we can definitely touch on the closing one as well, but they kind of just throw you directly into this world. And it's kind of just like a shock factor, that first scene, that uh, the first shot of, obviously, it's just a random woman. Also, it has nothing to do with the plot, which I think is pretty weird. But just this random woman just driving. I mean, it's got to extend on for like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. But then she gets out and just, you know, caps a, <laughs> caps a pony or a donkey, I believe it is. I'm sorry, a donkey. And then it just cuts. 
So I, I think that's a really interesting opening. On a second watch, I really like it. But on the first watch, it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. So I think it's definitely a little weird. Yeah, I think it's cool because it's just like sets you in the world, but it's not necessarily important to the plot. Like you said, like it's just kind of like a little vignette of the society yeah. to get it going, which is fun. What do you think that guy did to, I mean, it's gotta be like her ex-husband or something. That like, yeah, know. but it's interesting. I mean, did he like, did he, maybe it's her, I don't know. Did he leave her and then turn into an animal? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, Maybe that's the lobster too. We don't do pitch time anymore, but that would be a good spinoff. I watched this with a bunch of my friends in college and they are all not so big into movies and they all despised it and just <laughs> frankly didn't understand it. Like so they, when the credits actually rolled was probably their favorite part of the movie. I, I guess so. It, yeah, but it, it was just, I, I think it's interesting that you know, people who aren't so big into movies and can't see like the directing and like how the color palette fit, like fits the setting so well, like they just didn't get it. They, they hated it so much. Yeah. And I think it's a movie that's very easy to just give up on. And if you give up on it early, it's never going to win you back. And then you're you're not going to have fun and you're not going to enjoy it. And you're going to sit through two hours of a movie you hate. So, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to like give in a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to be along for the ride. I mean, you, you know, you'll be happier for it. Just enjoy life, right? Enjoy movies. Movies are fun. Colin Farrell, <laughs> the lead of this movie. Uh, I just got to give a quick shout out to him. Had a hell of a year this year. Incredible. Obviously, all three of us were fans of the Batman, which in which he played uh, the Penguin. Very, you know, transformative performance almost disappears into that role for sure. Um, and then, of course, the Oscar-nominated performance in Banshees of Inishirin. And then another movie I checked out last night after Yang, which is this smaller A24 film that premiered at Cannes last year and then was released on the same day as the Batman this year. Um, I didn't even realize, he, I, I forgot, he was in another movie, 13 uh, Lives, that Ron Howard movie about like the kids oh. trapped in the cave. He was yeah. in that movie that also came out in 2022. So, I mean, the dude was just, he's crazy working hard. I mean, an incredible year to, to have those, like you have like the most critically successful superhero movie of the year. Then you make an Oscar player that's nominated for Best Picture and has you a chance to win Best Actor. And then you also do the fun indie darling flick uh, that's got this like, you know, sci-fi futuristic feel to it. So he's, you know, an extremely fun person and definitely somebody that I'm going to be really excited to see what he does next moving forward. Um, you know, Lobster's a great example of that. He's done a lot of other great stuff before that, but, you know, he's at a high point right now in 2023. Yeah, he's killed it this year. I can't even remember what I predicted for the Oscars. Which is only, I, I'm pretty sure that I did pick him uh, to win Best Actor. But to have like three solid flicks and in the Batman, I think we did criticize him in that episode. But, I mean, he does disappear into that character. I'm not I'm not excited, if I'm being honest, for like his, his spinoff TV show. But, I mean, his commitment to the role is, is never, I think, questioned. He also did an incredible Actors on Actors interview with Jamie Lee Curtis. Just him and him and her just hanging out. Good times, good vibes. Uh, something a little bit weird. Rachel Weiss, who is in this movie, she does not show. She's second build, and she does not show up until the fifty-eight minute mark, which is uh, definitely pretty crazy. 
Cody, you love her work in um, Black Widow, correct? Oh man, um, she's unbelievably forgettable in that movie. I do think she's a really good actress. Uh, she she's absolutely wasted in the MCU. Uh, I'd be surprised if she ever comes back, honestly. But uh, she's did good she die? Uh, I couldn't tell you that. Movie. I think so. I don't think <laughs> she died. So bad. I remember uh, Frenchie from The Departed. He dies in that movie. He's um, the bad guy. Yeah. For some reason. But yeah, God, that movie's bad. But yeah, I mean, I think it's cool kind of like holding back on one of the, the main cast members for like an hour. Also, for some reason, uh, I thought it was Rebecca Ferguson was in that role from the first time I watched it. They, I guess they kind of have similar names. Not really. They kind of look alike, but not really. So like when the hour mark hit and she showed up, I was like, wait, that's not Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. But I think that's a cool concept. Like, not bringing in your technically co-lead and, until halfway through the film you got your like white european actresses confused Cody. yeah <laughs> how dare i but, yeah that's fine well why don't we uh head over to the good the bad and the ugly johnny i'm gonna make you say some good stuff about this movie find it deep in your soul What what do you like about it the world carries through so well. Like you understand everything that's going on in this weird, sick, twisted dimension. Like it, it just, it makes sense. I think at least, you know, like it, it really came through. Extremely effective world building for sure. Like there were some specific scenes that just really hammered it home, you know, like, when he's talking about becoming a lobster, of course, and uh, when when you, find, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the same conversation, but you find out that his dog is his brother. Which in in that same conversation, while the dog is there, Olivia Coleman's like, "I'm glad you chose a lobster. Some pe- a lot of people choose like dumb animals, like dogs." <laughs> his brother's there, which is a great moment. Yeah, dog. I don't know. Bad pick. I agree. Rip also. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Another th- couple things that I, I definitely enjoy about this film. We haven't talked about it yet. Uh, the, the score, which I feel like is probably controversial. I don't I don't know what you guys think, but I like it because kind of, just kind of it's weird. It's kind of just like a personal favorite of mine, but it is played. I don't know how many times. It's got to be like eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that range. And it's just like the same violin, like chorus of, I don't even know. I, I don't want to try and do it. But it's not like the most pleasant sound, I feel like, the first time you hear it. But I feel like the more and more you do, at least for me, it kind of just grows on you. But yeah, I I love it. Like I said, that that is one of my personal favorite scores of all time. Yeah, it it does a thing where it manages to really slow the film down. It kind of paces to with the music and it is intentionally repetitive in the way that it just continues to come back. It's that same motif. It's these beautiful strings, like you said, that kind of have just this slight depressing quality to them. And it, it really just kind of fits the ambiance of the movie as a whole. So yeah, I think it's really sick, but it does get a little annoying and yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of part of it. I think it's definitely intentional. Yeah, I think it's supposed to a little bit for sure. And then the other big thing as well, 
we talked about a little bit the, the dry comedy i'm sure you have tons of moments uh, to talk about corbin but i think everything with john c Riley specifically <laughs> i just love it's probably just because i'm biased and i like john c Riley in general but i mean that toaster scene i was almost crying laughing this time <laughs> when they were all fighting about uh when the limp guy was you know, trying to talk, give him a pep talk or whatever, and then John C. Riley just ends up attacking him. And it's the same thing. That. It's the strings. It's just this, like, yeah. listen, this movie, the camera rarely ever moves. Moves. It's all stationary shots. It's all slow. And then you just get this one scene where it's just, like, this kind of, like, back and forth slow camera movement of these two, like, throwing hands at each other and just, the, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I love it, Cody. Yeah. But everything humor-wise, I'm a big fan of it then kind of just there's there's some interesting themes too like I, I don't know it's kind of just like who are the good guys who are the bad guys in the situation there's kind of no good guys like colin farrell is definitely not a good guy everybody at the hotel's garbage everyone out in the loner forest pretty much sucks other than maybe rachel vice but yeah i mean it, it kind of just it asks the question as well like i don't know is love worth it how far would you go for love there's a lot of like deep stuff i think the more and more you think about this movie maybe the deeper you could go it it focuses very heavy on this idea of like with marriage comes sacrifice and these sacrifices and, and often sacrificed by blood is, is very evident throughout. You know, you've got Ben Wishaw's character slamming his head into the table to get his nose to bleed. You've got the whole like red kiss, red intercourse thing with the loner people. You've got the dead dog that that sacrifice of you know a brother lost for for a marriage that if it were to continue right the woman who jumps off the building and <laughs> is lying there bleeding out um and then in, even in the end you know we don't see it but maybe his eyes are about to become you know rather bloody as well so that that it continues to pop up throughout those things kind of add to the fact that i think this is like so close to being a horror movie and you could make it a horror movie i think it's you know you you see those edits that are like you take a trailer and you add some spooky music to it and you like make like the horror movie trailer version of it i think it would be so easy to do that with this movie and just a couple scenes and moments like it would be like i could probably do it in 20 minutes give me one track and in, in two scenes from this movie and it's the scariest thing you've ever seen um and you're, the box office is going crazy this october but i like that about it i like how it just like skirts that edge and it is just almost there it is really funny though at points like you know i it's it's hard to say that john c Riley sticking his hand in a toaster or a little girl getting kicked in the shin is funny but it is it is funny <laughs> the fight scene is great, like you said. Uh, the stuff where he's talking to the woman with the biscuits and he's like, oh yeah, that was a really good excuse I just gave her. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then also this one of the scenes I really love is like the propagandistic, like they do it up on the stage where it's like, this is what it's like as a single person. And it's the old guy and he's choking. It's like, this is what it's like if you have a date. And, you know, he gets the Heimlich and then there's the woman walks alone at night. And then the, the waiter guy like comes up behind her and like starts pantomiming, having sex with her. And then, you know, you see, oh, this is what happens when you have a date. And it's just, he just like looks at him funny. Um, so <laughs> just stuff like that is, is so funny. Um, and it is a good time to me. John C. Riley's great. Ben Wishaw is pretty solid. Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weisz, sorting cast is fun. Um, but Colin Farrell at its heart is the best part. He plays and I mean, he gained like 40 pounds for this specific movie, but he plays a very good, like every man common, like this is just like an average looking dude. And it's kind of like a, 
Irish Matt Damon thing a little bit where it's like, you know, this is just, you know, he's an average guy. He's a cool, you know, hang out with him. You know, it's, it, you know, you've seen those Matt Damon movies where, you know, like Stillwater where he puts on 40 pounds and wears a funny beard. Like it, it's a similar thing. And I think he's kind of just the Irish version of that. And he's fantastic. Still refuse to watch Stillwater, but I think he's more of the, uh, the Irish Christian Bale with like the weight changes and stuff. Uh, even the penguin. I mean, he probably put on some pounds for that. Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. Prosthetic pounds, yeah. <laughs> I don't buy the Irish Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over to the bad stuff then. I don't have a lot here, but look, it, this movie lives and dies on shock value to, value to a certain extent. It's very absurdist. It's trying to push the boundaries of, of what you want to see and what you expect. I will admit that it almost feels like it's building to more and that, that you referenced Johnny that you're not huge a huge fan of the ending and I kind of understand that because it's like it leaves you hanging a little bit it, it you know you know what question mark does he even you know go through with it does he actually blind himself but the first half I think is so great like it is first half is one of my favorite like halves of a movie and then the second half with the romance specifically it just slows down a lot more and it you know it just loses a little bit of that energy um I think unfortunately the ending I I don't I don't know I mean obviously it's up to interpretation I how I kind of view it is I don't know I I feel like he kind of dished her I don't know cuz obviously he's in the bathroom he's thinking about it real hard it seems like it's something you know he does want to do just cuz I mean in this universe you have to have like a similar characteristic to, to be with somebody for some for some reason yeah i don't know she's just sitting there again it's that extended shot similar to the opening and then it just cuts i don't know johnny what do you think do you think he, he went through with it or no i think he did and i'm gonna cheat a little and go back to good for one second because what you said just reminded me of another great scene i think but it's when the dude in the forest is talking to his girl there and he like crawls up on him and he's getting in and he's like, are, are you nearsighted? Are you nearsighted? Show me. Let me see your eyes. And <laughs> the jealousy. You know, it's the perfect jealous scene. Yeah, it just it made that scene right in the beginning make sense. And it like it drove home the characteristic thing. So uh, I think that was good. I think he did probably go through with it because he seemed just so terrified of this world. You know, and I think that he would rather be blind with his babe on the inside rather than out there where those people were. I mean, they probably would have killed him if they went back, right? Like they had nowhere to go at this point. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it it's a tough decision. I mean, he could, I guess, hypothetically not blind himself and then pretend to be blind around his girl, which would maybe be the worst thing to do. but. I think he goes through with it as well. I want to. I want to go with the romantic angle. You know, he he's making that sacrifice. Fair. Since it's Valentine's Day, I guess I'll agree with you guys. <laughs> but yeah, cool. And then uh, I did have a couple other things too. I think some of the performances are a little bit over the top, but I think it is it is intentional. I think uh, mostly, like the nosebleed girl, kind of her dialogue is just kind of perfect for for that kind of role. But. As well, one of my big questions, maybe they should have gone ugly too, but uh, who cares? The the doctor who blinded Rachel Vice, I mean, what kind of doctor is willingly going to blind someone against their will? They're turning people into animals against their will. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That seems kind of tough because, I mean, I guess like the loner uh, leaders, it just 
like friends with this doctor for some reason that's not explained either a lot of stuff in the plot is not explained which i do kind of like it, it leaves it more open like we were talking about with the ending but i mean if this guy has a medical license I, even if it is like the apocalypse i don't know that that's pretty tough but i mean yeah i wouldn't that that is a pretty ugly I, I wouldn't recommend blinding people without their consent <laughs> but i would agree with that there's some small plot holes that you know it's okay whatever um i think one pretty bad is i hate the scene where that lady who has like no emotion and may marry him i hate when she chokes on the olive (laughs) i think it's so dumb and long and drawn out and i I don't know it it like that wasn't funny to me and i I didn't really care i didn't really care and i didn't like her character although i thought she was cool in the woods like i thought it was badass that she would just keep hunting and that's how she stayed in the hotel yeah i mean her character to me i guess there's some question marks of like what's her long-term plan because like they just feasibly wouldn't like they don't hunt enough like yes she's banked up to like a hundred and some days but like i think eventually she would probably run out so obviously she's trying to marry someone but she's she's not willing to make her make the sacrifice that you know ben wishaw's character makes to like you know fake the nosebleed she needs somebody to pretend for her to be heartless you know she's not going to be changing herself for anybody which uh, you know i guess good for her but i i do agree that the heartless woman character is probably one of my least favorite in the story but i understand the role she plays yeah i agree that scene i I do kind of agree it kind of goes on for a little bit too long too and it's like the payoff i don't even think it's worth it like they don't even end up together i mean she ends up just <laughs> killing his brother which i think is a really tough scene and um if we just eliminate all that together i would be fine with it so i, I definitely agree well uh speaking of which let's let's talk ugly and i, I think the, <laughs> that scene right there i mean the kicking the That's dog the to death yeah. obviously we don't see the actual kicking but the aftermath is shown very directly this is a rated r movie um it doesn't mince on that scene it doesn't mince on the ben wishaw nose slamming into the counter boom boom it it doesn't really pull punches necessarily in a way that some other movies were which i gotta admire um but it's definitely a tough watch and i would consider it ugly yeah agreed and then the other scene as well i wanted to mention was the the cracker girl whatever name is but also i think it's funny just a sidebar too like none of these characters actually have names they all just kind of have nicknames and uh that's even like they're what they're called in like imdb and stuff which is funny but uh, the cracker girl who commits suicide i mean that's that's definitely a tough scene i would say and then obviously colin farrell who had a part in you know the cracker girl killing herself just ends up like he does he acts like doesn't care just to try to get this girl but i mean no emotion at all there just kind of tough and and yeah just that scene as a whole as well yeah i mean that scene with the dog is that's that's uncomfortable and i think that's actually kind of a really good scene because it waits to the end to show her legs and like oh she actually does have blood on her feet like that's crazy he goes in there and his brother is just dead and you know he tries so hard but 
can't hold back the tears. And, you know, that was the end of it for them. Um, one thing that I hate, and maybe you guys like this, I don't know, but I want to know so bad what animal he turned her into. I want to know so bad. Like, that's that's the most interesting thing, the most interesting question in this movie. And I want to know, but uh, I I guess I can appreciate, you know, letting me decide like it's whatever animal I want, I guess. What I mean, what would be the worst animal? I, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. It, online I mean, fan theories say rabbit. And then, you know, so she could be hunted uh, later. Yeah, I guess something that would just be easy pickings in like the predatorial, you know, lines. I don't know. That is a, a really good question. And I'll bring it up later too, but maybe like an ant or something. I, maybe something like you get squished in an instant. I, I have no idea. I feel like I would go more along the lines of like zebra and you know maybe by a lion yeah maybe she'll have a long lifespan but that's gonna be a pretty rough death you know pretty scary pretty painful i would imagine i've i've never been hunted by a lion but i can't imagine it's it's pleasant <laughs> it can't be fun i mean no <laughs> yeah, yeah be, I, I haven't done that since like 2018 so I, i've kind of <laughs> tell you how good it is these days but i probably wouldn't recommend it you know you say characters aren't really named there is technically three characters that are named in this officially it's colin farrell's character is david and then john c Riley's character that was my trivia question okay well i won't say their names well the other two have <laughs> names and we'll save it see if johnny knows them later but you know the bechtel test is something that is kind of seen as like this bare minimum you know idea of you know, is there enough rep female representation in a movie? And it is literally the bare minimum because the idea is just do two women talk, two named women talk and have a conversation about something that isn't a man. Well, we know this movie doesn't pass because there's not even a single woman in this that has a name. Um, so that that's pretty ugly right there. I would say that, you know, I, obviously it kind of fits into the storyline a little bit, but just the names aside. Do like the loner leader and Rachel Vice have a conversation that's not about Colin Farrell? I don't know. I, I really think, I mean, technically there's the like her getting her eyes fixed conversation. Yeah, but that's but, like, about that's Colin Farrell, really. it, Yeah, at the end of the day, it is all about the fact that she's with Colin Farrell and that's kind of, so he's the driving force in this movie. Yeah, that is funny though that they don't even qualify because they're not named. I don't know if that's just a technicality, but yeah, you're right. Rip. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, let's let's hit weird movie details trivia. Naked grandma. Naked, huh? Cody, uh, I hear you got a great trivia question for us. What is it? My first, my first one was going to just ask what was Colin Farrell's character's name. Um, I did have some great options too, so I'll just share them with you. Uh, we had Jimmy, Joey, Johnny, Timothy, Edgar, or David. Great options. Obviously, it's David, so we'll move along. But I believe there was actually a female character name. Uh, so I, I think you're wrong here. So I, I'd like you guys to tell me what was, uh, well, it's uh, the, the nosebleed girl and uh, Ben Washam or whatever his name is, their characters. What was their daughter's name? Because I believe they did name drop the daughter's name. And oh. uh, there's no options here. So you guys are going to have to figure it out. I couldn't even begin to tell you what, what her name is. I have oh, no idea. Right, there's no your choices. Case. No, no choices. We wasted them all in Colin Farrell. <laughs> Emily. It's close. It starts with an E. 
Elizabeth. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. I, I did hear it a couple days ago. So. <laughs> so I believe there was a named female character. So she didn't talk to anybody. Nah, she definitely did. Well, I don't know. She talked to her mom, I guess. Well, not about Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> Get this guy out of here or something. Maybe that counts. I don't think so. I, I got two. So here we go. First one. There's a lot of animals that are seen in this movie. Uh, which of these is not an animal that's seen? Is it a pony, a peacock, a flamingo, a falcon, a camel, or a cat? It's mm. a good question. Speechless. You don't see a flamingo. Yeah, that was my thought too. I definitely remember a camel and um, a peacock as well. In, in very specific scenes, I was like, what the hell are they doing in the background? A falcon? I don't know if I specifically remember that. I feel like a flamingo would be a weird one they would throw into. But uh, I think I'm going to guess that too. So you're both saying flamingo. Well, that is incorrect. It is falcon. Oh, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I, that's something I also love about this movie is just that like, I mean, there's th these weird animals that are just walking in the forest. You know, you see a camel because these are, you know, people that have been turned into these animals and that they don't necessarily get sent to their natural environments, I guess. Maybe that ruins the zebra thing from earlier. You'd have to <laughs> transport them to Africa as well. But uh, yeah, no falcon. Flamingo. Oh. You you do spot it in the last act of the movie for sure. Tough. Well, uh, when I turn into a falcon, uh, I'll, I'll be in the sequel, I guess. So That's I'll true. It's good that I you know kind of picked that because you didn't even see it coming. This year's Best Actor nominees all have something in common other than you know like the fact that they're like dudes and they're in movies what do they have in common that's unique that's the first time ever oh man i have no fucking idea um who got nominated for best actor i don't even know that we got uh brendan frazier austin butler bill nye well yeah bill nye i don't know colin farrell and they're all paul over, mescal they're all over 50 or something paul mescal is like 29 Oh, that's true. I see the Bill Nye and that Mescal guy. I always forget them. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Is that the is that the the question? That is the question. <laughs> uh, are are they all lefties? I have no idea. That's a good guess. <laughs> They're all first time Oscar nominees. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool, actually. So there you go. Big year oh, for everybody. Colin Farrell's never been nominated. Never been nominated. First one Not for supporting. Had to be in three good movies in one year just to get a nominee. True. Obviously, Brennan Fraser, that's an easy one. Austin Butler, hopefully he'll never get nominated again, too. So, yeah, that does make sense. Austin Butler's getting uh, nominated for Dune 2, Elvis, his <laughs> Elvis voice in Dune 2. <laughs> no chance. All right. How did they kill the leader of the, like, forest people? Cody, do you know the answer? Oh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know what exactly he used, actually. Well, he like, he choked her out, didn't he? And they, then he her in his own grave? Or am I, am I missing something? Yeah, so they don't kill her. They leave her out to be eaten alive by dogs in the Oh, it was the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just leave her there, tied up. That, so That is ironic. I like that writing a lot. Yeah, that is fun. That's a good question. I like that one. Good scene to bring up as well. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Welcome to the Academy, fellas. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a 
What awards shall you give to the lobster? Cody, I'll throw it over to you, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, the first one, I mean, we we're just talking about Oscar noms. This may be a little controversial, but maybe a question mark on the end of it as well. But best Colin Farrell performance? Um, obviously, he's really, really good in, in Banshees of Inshereen. I can't say Inshereen, by the way. In a I, know, <laughs> I, I noticed that in the past episodes, I went back. I was like, I don't think I'm saying it right. <laughs> but um, obviously, he's really good in that. But I think possibly he's got more like emotional stuff in here which is weird because banshees is super emotional but like you were talking about johnny that that scene in the bathroom with his dog like just holding back tears i think was really effective i saw something on like uh it's one of those gq videos or, or something random where somebody said uh people don't get emotional when they're watching a film when somebody cries they get emotional when somebody tries to hold back tears which i think is poetic but uh, yeah, I think Colin Farrell is ridiculously good. He's this is definitely a better performance than the Penguin. So I'm going to say it's his, his best one ever. I counter with uh, playing Artemis Fowl Senior in the uh, Straight to Disney Plus 2020 Artemis Fowl release. He also played f- fake Johnny Depp in the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs> so um, you good know, <laughs> saving Mr. Banks. He's in that. Is he? I gotta tell you that. In Emma Bruges Thompson. is is the classic, uh, yeah. you know, Martin McDonough. Also, Killing of Sacred Deer, which is another um, kind of similar esque, uh, another Yorgos Lanthimos yeah. film that he's been in with, with uh, Nicole Kidman. I mean, I, I like it. You know, I, he's really good in that After Yang movie that I was talking about earlier. I would say this movie was nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. I think that is incredibly deserving. Uh, I do want to give this movie the award for the best A24 movie of 2015. <laughs> so uh, other other A24 releases that uh, end of the end of tour and uh, Mississippi Ooh. Mississippi Grind and uh, Green Room. I do love the end of the tour a lot, uh, but I think this is the best of those four that are. I didn't uh, realize Mississippi Grind was an A24 movie. I don't really like that movie. The Jason Segel end of tour. That's on my list on HBO Max. That's going to be one of the ones I'm, I'm checking out soon. So it's cool. a good watch. It's a good watch. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg as well. Um, and then also got to give a shout out. I mean, the cinematography is good. I don't know if I want to necessarily best cinematography, but maybe just best use of natural light because pretty much every scene in this is shot with natural light. There's very little artificial lighting. Um, and I think that's a really cool touch. And I think it's ex- executed really well. Um, obviously the nighttime scenes have some you know a supplementary light but otherwise uh, really well done yeah i would definitely second uh colin farrell best actor and you guys already hit on the score which just sets such a weird tone that's just awesome for the world um but something that really goes along with that and i touched on it before but i just i love the color palette in this movie it just like you said the natural lighting and it it just feels gray it feels weird it feels like you're watching through like frosted glass or something like it's just a weird tone that really keeps you on edge i think like it it's just so on edge this feeling of oh my god like what what could possibly be next and then you really just never know so i think that all of the elements came together well to 
paint the world and describe it so vividly and let you know the stakes. Yeah, I mean, they they captured those Irish overcast days and they said, this, this is perfect. That's the exact vibe we want. And it, it works well for this movie. Invite, fight, night. I dump thee. Sir William. Who do we want to invite on the podcast? I'll start. I think we go Olivia Coleman, who plays the hotel manager, uh, specifically because I just think of the characters we meet in this movie, she has the answer. Like she's the person with the most information. She knows all the secrets. She understands, you know, how the process works, how they turn. Like I think, you know, just from a research and, you know, better understanding of this world perspective, I think uh, the hotel manager character is the best person to invite on the podcast. Johnny, who would you want to have a podcast with from this movie? Definitely the director. I want to see what's going on in this dude's head. Get Lanthimos, uh, man. Yeah, your ghost of Lanthimos. I, I think, I think I would just have so many questions and just need so much explained. And I feel like I, I may even appreciate it more. Our Greek king. Yeah, that's definitely a good pick. I feel like me and Corbin are maybe on the same wavelength. I think I want to invite invite uh, either the pony girl, the the girl at the beginning who gets turned into a pony, or uh, the really mean girl, the dog killing girl, just because I want to know like what the process is of getting turned into an animal. Also, we'd have like an animal on the podcast, which would be cool. And I really want to know what animal she got turned into as well. So I think, you know, either one of those, just to get more information kind of on like the whole process as a whole. Yeah. I like it. Now time to fight somebody. I'll start again. I mean, the heartless woman is obviously an easy choice. I mean, you know, I, we don't want to say we were fighting women on this podcast, but listen, she <laughs> kicks that dog to death. And let's remember, it's not just a dog. It's his brother as yeah. a dog. So pretty brutal. Pretty sure it was still breathing and like half alive when it was laying there, which is uh, not great. Also want to fight Ben Wishaw's character, the, the limping boy with the bloody nose. He's just kind of annoying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't love him as a character and quit bloodying your nose like a weirdo <laughs> i kind of like his character but um yeah i mean the the mean girl is obvious the obvious choice i feel like you could choose a lot of people here if i'm being honest the one that i end up going with that it, i feel like it's kind of an afterthought is uh colin farrell's original wife at the beginning of the movie kind of not even explain what happened there really but it seems like he like she just dumped his ass even though knowing like what what's going to happen to him next, which is even worse. So yeah, I, I think she deserves some more heat. Yeah. I mean, they were together for like, was it eight years or something or maybe 10? Like it was long relationship. Tough to see yeah. him go, man. It's tough. And um, I think he asked the question like, Oh, does, does this guy wear glasses or whatever? And she's like, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> so it's clear, you know, he's, he's inferior sight wise, which he has a lot of insecurities about. Yeah. Can't we can't relate to that on this podcast at all, right, John? Not me. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good choice. I actually almost picked her for invite, but just because I want to know why she left the dude, um, I think that would be fun to find out. But someone who I would fight, and you guys like may not even 
think of it, but the maid, dude, screw that maid. She, oh. she is just like, ah, like all she does, like her job is literally just to ruin everybody's day all the time. Yeah. I mean, she, she helps them out though. In the end, I mean, she helps Colin Farrell escape. I guess so. Fair her, enough. But her job at the hotel is, is pretty tough though. That's, that's a good point. That's what I'm saying. Like if, if she came in there, I, I would probably want to fight her. I'd be like, no, get away from me. Don't touch me. Get... <laughs> yeah. I mean, she does kind of, yeah. Force herself upon the, the men. Um, yeah. In, in a very strange way. Interesting scene for sure. So I, I get it. I, I understand where you're coming from for sure. Let's knight somebody. I want to give a shout out to the the poor dead dog of a sucker for an animal companion, especially when it's a brother. So uh, I'm going to knight <laughs> his dead dog brother. Rip. The double duo too. Brother yeah. dog. I mean, it doesn't get like, I don't think sadder than that. So I mean, Brother Bear is a great movie. <laughs> brother dog. Maybe that's a sequel. My knight, funny enough, it's going to be the maid. <laughs> you know, she, she doesn't start off great. And the more you were talking about for the job. second half stuff, Johnny wants to yeah. fight her for the beginning stuff. You want to knight her for the later yeah, stuff. She, she's, think, you know, a double agent. Yeah. I think Johnny's right on for the first part of the movie. And I kind of forgot about that, but the second part, she has like good character development. I think like she's the mole in, in the system. Uh, obviously it's not a good system. So it's kind of a good thing to be a mole, I guess. And then, I mean, she helps uh, him escape against, you know, the mean girl, which I didn't really expect at that point in the movie either. And at the end, I mean, she literally just takes a stabbing for no reason. So I think that was tough. And that's primarily the reason I, I think we should knight her, just because she went out on a really low, low point, I would say. No, that's fair. That's fair. I I forgot how much she did play a role in the end, but I don't know. I just I just know that if I was in that hotel. I, it would have been on site with her. I, I like get out of here, lady. And then the person I would knight, man, I I don't even know. I feel like I feel like you gotta knight the the donkey shooter because, <laughs> it, you know, she took action. She whatever she was pissed about, you know, she waited. She either kicked him out or he left her, but then got left or something i don't we don't know but whatever it was she took action and who knows maybe it was like a friend of hers who was like i don't want to live as an animal if i ever do kill me and maybe she was just doing i, 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 I kind of i knows? like that i like that reading you know yeah you know like maybe it was her friend and they're like dude like i don't want to live like this no I, I agree i think that's actually like an interesting take on that i would have never have thought that Kind of putting the donkey out of its misery. I like it. Let's knight her. Do you guys think that like if you kill an animal that was a person, does the law prosecute you as if you murdered a person? Or you just killed an animal? There's no law code. I mean, there's definitely law. There might not be order, but there's law. (laughs) I guess there's like security guards at the mall. (laughs) But other than that, it seems to be pretty lenient on 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 you know legal and illegal. you can blind people i mean that's a thing blind right you know, right i i don't think they would care they seem to really not care about the solo people that's like the whole point you know it's, once you're an animal you're an animal i mean right. whatever happens happens you know you gotta be in a pair to make it work in this society so you know if you don't if if you can't do that we don't care about you true 
All right, let's move over to the recast. Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Johnny, what do you uh, what do you want to change about this movie, man? I think maybe, maybe go for a, a drastic, drastic change and and give me Will Ferrell instead of Colin Farrell, and maybe I'll see a little bit of the comedy. Just You're bringing because... back the the John C. Riley Will Ferrell duo. <laughs> I like. I mean, I thought yeah. about. Listen, I was not bold enough personally to make the move, <laughs> but I respect the hell out of somebody doing it. I mean, coming off of uh, Watson and Holmes, though, I don't know, but that duo was great. So, and like, it's the same last name, Colin Farrell, Will Farrell. It's a seamless transition. <laughs> Nobody even noticed. So I back it. The thing that, you know, I just think John C. Riley is unfortunately a little bit better at playing this type of role and being in this type of like indie movie he can recede back a little bit. Like he knows when to turn it on and off. Will Ferrell is always kind of on and it's very over the top. And I think you'd probably lose a little bit in this movie, but it's definitely a fun pick. And it, it would it would be a different movie, It would, it would, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, if you brought him, you have to bring like Adam McKay with him too. But yeah, I agree. John C. Riley too, like um, him and Boogie Nights. He can kind of just like disappear into these supporting roles and, and be like a little bit of comedic relief. Yeah, Will Ferrell. It would definitely be a different movie, but I mean, I would watch it. So, Cody, uh, who who do you want to recast, man? Yeah, I got a couple. I feel like the the first one for this movie is pretty obvious. I want to replace the random singles guy, the older guy who they go in the city with. I want to replace him with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I mean, this movie's so wacky and weird. Uh, I'm honestly surprised like Joaquin's not in it. I'm sure he auditioned for the Colin Farrell role. And I mean, he has so many projects, he probably just passed into something else weird. But uh, I am pretty shocked he didn't at least have like a cameo or something because this is right up his alley. And then secondly, I just, I want to get rid of the forest people basically. So I'm going to take out the leader of the single people, the the girl who I don't even know who the actress is, but she's not bad in this. But I want to replace her with Meryl freaking Streep. Obviously going a little bit older. But it kind of just like changed the whole vibe of the movie, I think. And it would make that character a lot more interesting if Meryl Streep was like kind of this dick in the forest who has this, she's kind of like this dictator of single people. I think that would be a role that she would kill. So yeah. That, that would be really badass, actually. If yeah. if it was, you know, uh, she's supposed to have been out here for however many years, what, like 40, 50, you know, it's, yeah. th- th- <laughs> that would that would be funny. It'd bring more of the apocalypse into it too, because you're like, oh, I've been surviving in the woods for like 40 years. You don't know what you're doing. That kind of vibe. So yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think that's I really like that pick, Cody. Meryl Streep could be fun. Um, did you know that originally there was like Elizabeth Olsen was kind of slotted in to to play really? that role, but because of Marvel contractual obligation type stuff, it just was kind of like a sliding doors didn't happen moment. You know, she had Ultron in 2014. Um, which was made the difference but she said you know she wonders you know how her career would be different and obviously I think she would be more in the the indie realm but you know maybe she'd have an Oscar nom by now like Colin Farrell does and uh I think Rachel Weiss right Rachel Weiss got an Oscar now the favorite I think she won bro no that was Olivia Coleman she's got Rachel Weiss is a nom now because they nom like three people from that movie 
two two best supporting actress noms one before this movie and one after there you go so i mean you know yeah maybe olsen has a different career i think that character is really interesting um this is not something that I picked up on watching the movie, but I, I was doing some reading and I think it's a really cool um, take on it is that like that character is a bisexual woman. And that's like kind of the reason that she's gone out into the wild and isn't accepted because early in the movie, you see like you either have to choose to be gay or straight. There is no in between. There is no gray. It's all binary. There's also like a very, like if you look at it, there's like a clear jealousy that she kind of has between Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz's like relationship. And it's not necessarily like a, oh, I'm in love with Colin Farrell thing. It's kind of like, you know, I'm kind of also attracted, like it seems like she's given eyes to Rachel Weisz a little bit, but then also there's like, you know, the other guy, you know, so I think that's a cool kind of character to slot in there. And um, Elizabeth Olsen would have been a fun one in the role, but I think Meryl Streep's an even better pick, Cody. Wow. You never compliment my recast. Uh, next time I bring up Dave Bautista, I, ex- I expect the same response. But yeah, I honestly would have loved to see Elizabeth Olsen in that role. I think um, that was kind of tailor-made for her at that time too. So that does suck. She did Ultron instead, but probably smart for her for her bank account. For, yeah, for her wallet, <laughs> for sure. Just a couple quick ones. Colin Firth as the hotel manager's wife or hotel manager's husband, Olivia's Coleman's husband. Um, that guy it. doesn't have a ton of lines, but again, you know, it's the same thing. You're throwing Joaquin into a, basically a, a silent role. So we can give him a couple lines of dialogue to beef it up. Uh, if we're going to get rid of John C. Riley, I think Simon Pegg could be kind of a good, like humorous person adjacent to fit in there. I know you've been watching the boys, so I'm sure you're a huge fan of that pick. Um, and then the last one, I really don't like Ben Wishaw in this movie really he had a little bit of a decent year himself he was in women talking but i want to replace him and i want to you're not going to like this pick but i I think daniel radcliffe throw him in there as like this weird dude with a limp uh i think this would have been a really cool lane to see him work with yorgos lanthimos at some point um and maybe there's still time you know to see him gonna fall into that world but i think that would have been a cool role for him i like daniel radcliffe why'd you say that (laughs) i don't know man you're a hater yeah (laughs) I like most of those. I think Ben Wisham's decent though, so I'd keep him. But yeah, I, I considered replacing Olivia Coleman's husband too, just because that one scene I think is is pretty good. The with gun. Like him turning on her in the bedroom. I would have liked seeing Colin Firth in that. So yeah, I, I I back most of those. All right, let's hit our rating. You're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? Out of sixty nine, Johnny, I expect yours to be the lowest. What do you want to rate the lobster? That's tough. You guys also did make some good points. You know, there's a lot of things to be appreciated about the movie. It's just very much not my style in a lot of ways. So I think this is more of a a personal opinion rather than how like cinematically good I think it is. But I would probably give it like a 42-ish. You know, like 42, 43. You know, honestly, it's it's higher than I expected. And the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't like there's movies that I can appreciate, you know, the cinematic qualities of. But like, if you don't enjoy watching something, you don't enjoy watching something. And like, that's the reality. You know, that's what it comes down to. And if a movie can't be, you know, you can appreciate all you want. If it doesn't connect with you, it doesn't connect with you. Um, for me, I do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I feel like it's one of the higher recent ones we've done. I'm going to throw it in at a 59 out of 69. Not super high, but this is a four and a half star movie for me. So uh, yeah, got to go 59. 
Cody, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, funny enough, dude. I have a 59 out of 69 as well. Oh, look at that. Not free plan. That never happens as well, so that's funny. But I'll stick with it. Usually I just write something down, and then after we talk about it for a little bit, I, I move it around. But hey, if you're going to say 59, I'll match it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to touch what you're saying, too, I mean, yeah. Uh, movies are subjective here. You know, you don't have to like every movie. Uh, we definitely don't like every movie. So, yeah, I think 59 is a good spot for this stuff. And uh, it's probably a four star for me. I think uh, the second time around, I didn't enjoy it as much, but um, definitely a good flick. I- I'd recommend it for sure. All right. We got a couple more things, but that was the uh, the end of our uh, the lobster conversation. Let's move on to uh, defeat the watch list. Watch me. Watch me. Cody, you forgot to do this last time, but uh, the movie I was given to watch was The Holiday by Aiden. You familiar with this movie at all, Cody? <laughs> I think it's uh, Vince Vaughn, right? No, yeah. no, no, no. You are, you're thinking of... Jack Black. There is, there is many a Vince Vaughn Christmas movie, but um, this is a Nancy Myers written and directed uh, romantic comedy starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black. Okay, um, it's this... <sighs> I wasn't a huge fan of it. Jack Black is just not good in it. I'm sorry. I love Jack Black, but they listen. The, it's interesting because the movie was written for four, those four actors with them in mind. But to me, Jack Black is like terribly miscast and misplaced in this movie. Kate Winslet and Jack Black relationship. Cameron Diaz, Jude Law relationship because Kate Winslet and Jude Law are brother and sister, which is the one thing that makes the most sense to me. But yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. There is this kind of cool commentary where like Kate Winslet lives in this like shitty cottage outside of London and Cameron Diaz is like this rich uh, movie trailer producer who has this giant house in LA, but like they switch houses for Christmas into both of them. It's like this like idyllic lifestyle, like cool vacation trip. And it's like, you know, different perspective, different worlds that you come from where it's like, you know, this cool little cottage and you know the countryside can be special to one person but mean you know something else to another person so that stuff is cool but the 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 jack black kate winslet stuff is just like (laughs) unwatchable and it's also weird because like this movie's two hours and 15 minutes he's bare well he's like the first shot of the movie is jack black and then it's like he's not really in the first hour like he shows up once it's a lot more focused on cameron diaz and jude law but I, i don't know um not a great pick for me. Not, not, you know, not, not a huge fan, honestly. Johnny, you do get to help pick the next movie that I watch from my my watch list to kind of assign to me. Um, if you want, you can just, you know, tell me to watch a movie. But the other thing is, I just have a huge watch list. You can give me a year and a genre, and it kind of like, you know, narrows the list down. We can shuffle it. I mean, what direction do you want to go? It's completely up to you, man. All right, let's go for. Let's go for something from the year I was born. So 2000. Year I was born as well. Beautiful. There yeah. are uh, 22 films. We could, we could hit shuffle. We could, we could narrow down the genre. What do you think? Hmm. Let's go. Let's go action. Okay. So See some punches thrown. In the action genre, we got five movies. I can just read them off and then maybe you guys can uh, pick what we go with. So the first one is something called U571 starring Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton. Looks like it's a U-boat movie. <laughs> Interesting. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Of course, Michelle Yeoh, also Oscar nominated this year. Gladiator, Ridley Scott, classic. Um, a movie called <laughs> Joint Security Area, which uh, is Park Chan-wook who had a uh, decision to leave that was released last year. So an early movie from him. 
South Korean filmmaker, and then also Battle Royale, which is, you know, another classic um, Asian film. You haven't seen Gladiator? I have not. Wow. Big blind spot. So those, so are, all- those are your five, Johnny. What do you think? What do you want me to watch? What were what were the two? It was a South Korean one, and, and what was the other one? Um, Battle Royale, I think, is also... Uh, yeah, I think it's Korean. It's like uh, it's Korean. It's what Hunger Games ripped off, basically. Yeah, it, it's um, it's essentially like a bunch of people get put on an island, and you know they have to like fight each other to the death. A bunch of kids, and it's just it's battle to the death. It's, it's a Japanese film. Japanese film. Yeah. Yeah, Japanese. That's... Okay. Well, I I that one sounds really cool, so I, I say that that one. All right, that'll be a fun action one. Um, I honestly might watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, anyways, because it's back in theaters this week. So uh, oh, I might crazy. might go see that as well. Honestly, and, uh, all, honestly, all, all five of these there are ones that I probably need to watch pretty quickly. So uh, that was a good two thousands action, man. That's a good move. Let's move on to our next thing. We have a pod algorithm. So for this, we're just gonna draw a random card from the blockbuster movie game it's gonna have a movie title on it and johnny you just got to do 30 seconds on your thoughts about that movie and okay. uh just a hot take opinion and we'll, we'll make sure it's one that you've seen uh despicable me are you familiar <laughs> i am i i haven't seen it probably since it was in theaters but i i guess well, i well, remember enough tell us about your relationship to minions and despicable me in 30 seconds or less despicable me yeah uh, you know it's great villain great storyline with him uh overall good story but not a fan of the minions um, oh a minion hater this is interesting hater for sure you know they they grew too big um a lot of my friends specifically too much too much <laughs> So anybody want to call out, call them out right now. Too many bananas. Uh, 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 yeah. My friend Dervla, you, you got to chill with the minions. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, by the way, <laughs> to Dervla, but she really does need to chill with the minions. So. Yeah. Well, respect. I love that. Uh, how to chill out with the minions. Cody, what do you think? Despicable me. Are you a fan? Yeah. The first one I, I uh, I haven't seen these for a while, I have to be honest. But the first one, from what I remember, is mostly just him trying to steal the moon. And uh, I think it's okay. You got a pretty good song, you know, Despicable Me. Uh, but the second one, I actually think is a little bit better. However, it's kind of just like a, a massive franchise now. I haven't seen the, the any of the Minions movies. I'm sure those are bad. But uh, the first two are okay. And uh, there's a great villain in the second one who... He faked his death by, you know, surfing in a <laughs> volcano. So shout out to him. But yeah, yeah maybe I should check out the sequels. I know my my mom really loves those movies, so maybe I'll have to watch those with her again. Amy Webb has good taste, so that's respectable. Um, that's- Minions: The Rise of Gru. I'm gonna be honest. I was not a huge fan of. I was snoozing in the theater. I won't lie to you. I, <laughs> the movie put me to sleep. Uh, so yeah, I can't really speak too highly of the Minions. But I do like that first Despicable Me movie. I think Steve Carell is great. Also, Miranda Cosgrove in a fun, you know, voice acting performance. Um, I think it's crazy to think that like Despicable Me 2010, that, okay, 13 years ago, but like that was the first time anybody ever saw a fucking minion in our society has, you know, just divulged into a hellhole since then. We had a pandemic because of the minions. We've, you know, think about the election. You know, there's so many things that I can blame specifically on those uh, little yellow... uh, bastards 
<laughs> let's uh, let's move on to uh, our our final thing, our recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Johnny, what do you want to tell the people to check out? So as far as movies go, gotta check out Hell or High Water if you haven't seen it. But if you listen to this, you probably have seen it. That's a that movie's killer. That was one of the things that I said as a potential option. And then, you know, if you if you guys really want, you can check out Making It Work on New Mountain. Um, you'll see or I guess hear a friendly voice and see my face for the first time. Um, but my, my buddies and I wrote that, directed, starred in. So yeah, uh, New Mountain Media on YouTube. So check out New Mountain. Yeah, and listen, you know, you mentioned Hell or High Water or Bad News Bears as, as two other things you were thinking about before coming on. We'd love to have you back and have you do one of those two movies moving forward. So maybe the, the listeners can put a pen in it and, and go ahead and go see those movies so they're ready for the episode down the line. Yep, uh, I, I would be happy to come back anytime. Awesome. Cody, what do you got for us, man? Yeah, touch on that. Hell or High Water is a great flick. Jeff Bridges, so underrated. Yeah, I would love 100%. We got to have you back for that. My general Rex, we, we haven't been potting for a while, Corbin. Took a little bit of time off. My work schedule, it got me. Oh yeah, not your fault. I've been extremely busy as well, so I haven't been able to watch as much stuff uh, just because I've had some work crap going on. But it's like ending this week, so I'm going on. I'm going on a crazy movie binge the next couple of weeks. So watch out. Uh, follow me on Letterboxd. It's gonna be going wild. But I have checked out a couple of things. I'll, I'll go through quick. Wakanda Forever. Hey, it's out on Disney Plus, <laughs> so I watched it. And um. This is what you become, Cody. You become a Disney Plus Marvel movie watcher. That's interesting it's how far bad. you fall. I'll go see it, man, even though it's bad. But um, yeah, Wakanda Forever, I actually really freaking liked it. I don't know if it, it's definitely not better than the first one, but the circumstances, I mean, losing the lead, Chadwick Boseman in such a terrible way. And um, it, it's a very different MCU movie. It's it's really sad. I mean, almost every scene I feel like ends with, you know, somebody just breaking down emotionally. But I mean I really like Namor. I thought the villain was interesting. Um, there are some flaws, obviously the whole um, Elaine Bennis stuff. I don't, I don't know really why <laughs> Julia Louis Drivers is in it, but the direction's great. Ryan Coogler in, you know, Letitia Wright, you know, you know, maybe not the best person in real life, but I think she had an incredible performance in this. And same with Angela Bassett, obviously, who's who's front runner for an Oscar, and I think deservedly so. So I would recommend that uh, if you don't have Disney Plus, hit me up and. Uh, you can uh, get mine from Cody. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you corporate. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> that's what I keep that in. But anyways, the other thing I have been binging uh, pretty religiously is The Boys. And um, I think maybe I mentioned that I had started it in the last pod. I'm basically all the way through it. I believe I have four episodes left in season three. Uh, season, just to give you a quick review of the whole series, basically. Season one, I really liked. Season two was okay. Then season three, I don't, I don't know if they got like new writers or something. It's definitely a little bit of a change, I think, in in dialogue. But Homelander in season three is absolutely psychotic, and I love it. Anthony Starr, um, I don't know if he's won Emmys and stuff for this, but he should have. But yeah, good series if you like superhero stuff. And uh, Carl Herbert's got a great accent, so check that out. But yeah, that's pretty much everything. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been busy got work stuff it's college basketball season uh we're definitely gonna be doing more with that and if you haven't checked out like some like college basketball stuff another 
just like movie TV stuff on the World Wide Web. I'll plug that quick, but yeah, definitely just go check that out. And um, I think that's pretty much everything. You can go to capworldwideweb.com to check that stuff out. Um, cool. I feel like I've been watching a decent amount of movies. I mean, today I, I went and saw two. I went and saw some on Valentine's Day just to run through a couple of them. Got to go see Do the Right Thing for the first time on 35 millimeter over the weekend. Um, that was pretty cool. Great movie, Spike Lee really good direction. I, I was really impressed with it. You know, I've seen some of his other movies, but do the right thing is very, very good. Um, I also watched insomnia, which is the, you know, Christopher Nolan early work, but you got Academy award winners, Al Pacino, Hillary Swank, Robin Williams as your, as your three leads, but it's okay. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, fine. it's, it's just all right. It's cool setting. You know, it's, I love the Arctic when it never, you know, when you never have nighttime, that's always a cool setting in a movie. Um, Al Pacino's, you know, fun, but he's not as good as he is in uh, Jack and Jill. Um, I watched Signs and War of the Worlds, you know, and also Knock at the Cabin. I was trying to get my apocalypse fill. Um, yeah. I do want to talk about Knock at the Cabin for a little bit. Uh, Dave Batista is pretty solid in the movie. I did like read the book right before I went and saw it and they make a big change to the plot. It's a change that they needed to do if they were going to make it into a movie. I don't want to necessarily spoil what it is, but also the way in which they change it, I'm not necessarily a fan of. And uh, the endings basically have two different meanings. And I, I think it's a little bit salty by what Shyamalan tries to do with his. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of that. I'll have to check that out. That's definitely on my list. Uh, I'm going to go see that. So <laughs> we'll talk about it more. <laughs> um, I saw Searching, which was the 2018 film, and then also Missing, which was kind of like the spiritual nice. successor sequel to that. Um, I like the original Searching a little bit better, but they're both really cool concept where it's the entire thing is filmed on like a computer screen and you're only seeing, you know, FaceTime calls or text messages or emails. And they're kind of investigative mystery movies, which is uh, pretty sick as well. I saw Titanic for the first time, uh, IMAX 3D re-release on Valentine's Day. That was pretty cool. Um, but it's one of those things where it's so popular in culture where it's like, I feel like every single story beat I've seen executed in some way or another, it's like almost nothing surprised me about it, um, unfortunately. And uh, also I watched the first Fast and Furious movie, which is just a little hint of something that might be coming in a couple months. So uh, <laughs> yeah, th that's all I'll say for now. Uh, Ted Lasso season three comes out in a month. Check that out as well. Johnny, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Appreciate Thanks you coming for coming, on. man. Yeah, really appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Like I said, anytime down to talk any baseball movie or hell or high water. So we'll, we we have a lot in store. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll see a baseball movie draft come uh, season five. Ooh. Who knows? We'll get you, get some other uh, future guests on. Definitely a lot to do. Uh, thanks for talking lobster with us. Thank you to everybody who listened. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one for our season finale. Stay Kevin. Peace. Peace. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.